Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so now, now Hugh Jackman is like, <laughs> I'm writing a book and it's going to have bombshells. All right, so Hugh, if, if you're going to out yourself, which we're allegedly, the whole no, world the whole world is going to happen. The whole world is not, doesn't think knows is going to happen, yes. Yeah, when you use the word bombshell to describe <laughs> your book, it's basically <laughs> like you collectively sucking every dick that hears this. <laughs> we get it, girl. How are you doing? What would, the, what would the but what would the bombshell be in Hugh Jackman's book that the that his wife was gay the whole time yeah, and yeah, not yeah, him? Yeah, like, yeah, what's yeah, the bombshell? I I that mean, he's dating Johnny Depp. Like, what what, what could it be? Second, the second that I'm allowed to pre-order this book, it's, I'm pre-ordering it. You're aware of this, right? Yeah. Like, I'll do a dramatic reading of it on this very podcast. If <laughs> We should. Oh wait, I I got. I hope there's like dialogue in it so we could do like a like a like scene, a, like we can a, do a scene work show. from it. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Why are we not doing? We that? should read wait, though. Oh, we, that wait, should be Dominic. Th- that's what our our Patreon should be. Us reading celebrity biographies as the celebrity and like doing like role play. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, Britney's is coming out very soon. Hey y'all, pre-ordered. As you is know. that the name of her biography? Is it called Hey Y'all? <laughs> no, it's called The Woman in Me. But yes. The Woman in Me? Yes, which is a lyric from I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman. Oh, got it. Got it. We'll talk about Britney in a minute because she said yeah. a pretty – Brit Watch is pretty slow this week. Uh, the the prayer chain's working. The prayer chain's working is all I'm saying. Remember, I was nervous last week that I was fueling her insanity, and now I feel that it is working. So thank I you, everyone, you- for your prayers. 
the way you say the word prayer is fun to me. I prayer. feel like there's an X. Like you say prayer and I say prayer, like one word. Like it's almost like oh, I, PR. Yeah. You say prayer like prayer. one who is praying. But I say yes. prayer. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's Interesting. fun. I didn't. There's a lot of words that I say very strangely that I think about nowadays and be like, why do I pronounce this this way? So is that a Pennsylvania I, moment saying I think prayer? So, I don't really have like a Pennsylvania accent, but my dad has like a really heavy Pennsylvania accent that I only mm -hmm. realized like in college or after. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm prayer or like prayer. You know, I'll, I'll just say prayer. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's there's its not own. even a, there's I mean, not even a second concept. That's its that, own right? whole situation in itself. That, that's its own. So the prayer chain's working, hopefully. And I was nervous that we were fueling her insanity, but I'm very happy to see that she's, you know, doing okay. Well, but we'll talk I, about that soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about her just at, at the end of our little wrap up here. Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, I guess one of my favorite phrases is uh, uh, breaking her silence. I love when I people say that. Of, of She's what? just giving an interview to uh, Hoda yeah. Kotb. They're doing a prime time <laughs> interview where she is going to, I'm assuming, uh, drop bombs and bombshells. It's, bomb it's going to be, yeah. <laughs> Explosive. Yeah. What, yeah. Why, why? For what? I don't know. It, her, she is not the interview I want. No. Like, I, you know, I mean, we all know what she thinks. She talks, she's talked about herself so much that other than a gynecological exam, I don't <laughs> understand what new information she's going to be giving to Hoda and Kotb. she had that Red Table Talk show for like 10 years. That's what I mean. Like, she's, and we know everything there is to know. The entanglement, every, remember that. Oh, but can every you imagine, nook and cranny wait, of her life. Can you, literally every nook and cranny. That Can is someone who never needs to write a book no, because she we has said it. everything. We, we have, have the transcripts from the Red Table Talk. We have it. Imagine if our show would have existed when the entanglement happened. We would have been screaming bloody murder about it every week. We would have had to do an emergency <laughs> alert on everyone's phones yes. like happened yes, last like, week. Yes, yes. It would have been. Just say everyone get to, in, get to wherever you find podcasts right now. Wait, did you see that like multiple Amish men were outed for having cell phones yes. with that? And they've now been shunned yes. by the community. <laughs> Can you imagine though? But those people in the community should be grateful that there are snakes among them because those, you know, if there's a war, or they're going to want to know about it. Know. You know, yeah. Yeah, God's yeah, yeah. not going to skywrite that for you, no. Amish people. One person needs to have a goddamn phone. Yeah. It's so funny. But no, truly imagine having that alert system go off, but it's just mine and Dominic's faces, like being like oh, smiling, be being like, Jada Pinkett Smith is was in an entanglement. Just be us laughing. <laughs> That's the sound. <laughs> yeah. Us screaming so collectively. Where do those Amish people go now that have been shunned? Where do they go? I bet one of them's bartending at the Abbey by now. It's no. been 72 hours. Because <laughs> that's what always happens to no, escaping they, Amish. They basically can like, I think they can like weave themselves back in. And a lot of that, that's the thing is like, I grew up in Amish country. Like a lot of them do like cheat on their Amish values. And it's just like, they do it. Like they can. Well, in what way? Like by driving a car, or, like taking of, a cab. Some of them have cell phones, like on their buggies, they have battery operated <laughs> lights. What? I don't know. It's just not often that I hear the word buggy Bu in conversation. Yeah. That's what it's called. You know that I call, oh, no. you know that I call shopping cart a buggy, by the way. 
I didn't know that. That's yeah. somewhat deranged, but That's go on. Very Pennsylvania. But so they would have cell phones, some of them. They would have, um, like, they have battery-operated lights that are on their buggies because they because they like rallied against the government to be like we don't want to have to have these on our carts and then like a bunch of them got hit by cars at night and it was oh my really God. really bad so they had to put them back on <laughs> and so that's like they do like bend the rules when it comes to like safety and like i don't know it's not as like strict as you would think it is but right maybe that's just where i grew up but like there's yeah drama drama in the amish community sure. which i wish we could get cameras on Right. I, they allow, I think those communities allow one abortion every two years, right? Stop. That's what they say. I don't no? Think so. No? Women's rights just oh. once every two years. I thought that was the thing. No? No, okay. I don't. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Women's rights, and you're allowed one battery operated push on light in your closet so yeah. you can find out <laughs> yes. what robe you'll be putting well, on. You the know next that day. you know that the Amish are like really rich, right? Uh, I didn't know that actually. They well, because they pay all they do is pay land tax. They don't have, and they oh. make everything that they need, other than like food, canned food for the winter. Right, like, they grow everything. So like they just have and full. They make profit. a lot of money from people in upstate New York, like me, who buy, buy our their furniture, deck furniture yes. from them, <laughs> or like they pay them, like they'll hire them to build like an addition on your house. Like they are, yeah, they're rolling in cash, and I know this because. My dad and or I can't remember if it was my dad that went or my grandfather, but like he was going to an estate sale for this like land and it was like a big like auction and the Amish people came and they wanted to buy the land because they wanted to farm on it and they like sold the land for like hundreds of thousands of dollars and the Amish person just pulled out a sock full of cash (laughs) and counted out like a like. Five hundred thousand dollars or something like that in cash. They don't even go to the bank. And then there was like more left in the sock, and the and the like husband turned to the wife and was like, "You brought the wrong sock." Oh my god! Like as in, there's another sock in their house full of a five hundred thousand dollars. They're rolling in cash. You just don't. Do they light their homes with fire? No. Yeah, with candles. That's. Can you imagine having cash in a house? Cash in a house that you are lighting with flames. This well, is the, a this is a disaster. The beautiful thing about the Amish community is that if something bad happens, they all as a community come together to fix it. Like if someone needs a new barn, they all come together and build the barn for zero dollars. It's like a GoFundMe come to life. Yeah. That's what like Amish every is. day is every day of their lives Great. is a GoFundMe. Well, I'm going to hire the one uh, in upstate New York to build me a sex dungeon. And I'm not even going to make, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to lie about what it is. I'm going to in detail describe everything over there. Can you put the stocks over there, please? Please don't. This is a sling. What happened? No, I needed to hold a 300 pound man with his legs in the air. Please, sir. Do you have bigger bolts? (laughs) You are terrible. Uh, I mean, but it's a job, right? Can't ask oh, questions. That's why it. they're Listen, so rich. Sh- of course, they will. Up with hammer and nails, ready to go. Well, I'm gonna, I'm going to have sex with an Amish man Please stop. next spring, and I'm gonna talk about it on this podcast. You're horrible. Anyway, continuing. So, ba- so speaking of Jada Pinkett Smith, why? So, what does she think? <laughs> Why you know, she, so why I had she, a nickel every time we talked about Jada Pinkett Smith and ended up speaking about an Amish sex dungeon two minutes later. You'd I'd have, have one nickel. You'd have one nickel. nickel. I'd have one nickel. Go so ahead. What? I'm sorry. But so what does she think? She thinks she's like going to do something for, Co- for Hoda? 
I don't know. Well, Hoda, of course, has released her own statement saying that there were there was a lot of personal information revealed in this interview that no one has ever heard before. Again, the, about uh, their school like, of Scientology. This feels like stirrups, a flashlight, and someone giving us perhaps no. Like, I what could it be? Well, because remember they have like that school that everyone's like, "What is this school?" And it's basically like a Scientology school. Yeah. Like, or like weird, there's a lot of weird stuff. Them having an open relationship that like has been the open secret forever. It's, I want some, I want to hear something just out if of it, left It better field. be about That's one of those two things. If it's about her being sad that Chris Rock like made fun of her alopecia, I'm, that's not, that's going to be a no for me, doc, to quote the great rain. Because Jackson. also, yeah, I make fun of my bald friends, live with yeah. it. I mean, I could stop. Also like, no, like we did it. Like we did it. And yeah. again, that's not like me. I'm trying not to be rude, but like, shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, give me what I want. And also speaking of their school, let me just say, where's Shelly? That's all. Continue on. <laughs> Where's Shelly? That's she's all. probably in the basement of the school. Where's Shelly? Anyway. I think that she's going to reveal, there's going to be another layer of the open relationship um, that that we haven't heard before. Like that she, for the past 11 years, has been has been uh, lovers with uh, Forrest Whitaker or or somebody or or <laughs> Cynthia Bailey's ex-husband. I, it's just going to be, yeah. I just need, that's all it could be. Yes, that. he was hot. Yes, the yeah, dancer. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. And I know it's going to, there's going to be nothing. Like it's going to be nothing. And I'm ups- I'm already mad about it right now, knowing what that it's going to be nothing. What I think is going to happen is that she's going to reveal that she has alopecia only on her head but the rest of her body can't stop growing hair and she's gonna remove her garment and she's gonna look like a wolf Dominic. and hoda is going to scream bloody murder and run out you are absolutely terrible and hoda is going to scream at seeing it and then will smith is going to start beating hoda copy because she's making she's saying I, something about I, Jada. we have to move on from this you are terrible. And Um, I can't. Continuing on. Drew Barrymore's writers. I'm uh, (laughs) quit. Dead. Dead (laughs) in the water. Where is her video now? Where is her poor room video now? I don't know. I just don't. Wait, so I read the headline, but like, what it what happened? They basically were like, we you're she has three head writers, and then after the, the contracts were done, blah, 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 they quit because of of her coming back while the strike was going on. So the three of them quit. So basically they didn't work for all these months and then got her to change her mind. And then when they were finally able to get a paycheck, they said, no, thank you. So my whole thing is like, that's a fucking job and just keep the job and cause trouble there. Get the paycheck principles, morals, blah, blah, blah. It's like you, you already shamed the woman. You know what I mean? She's already apologized yeah, like, a no, billion like she, times. Yeah, she dealt head writers that. on a on a well received daytime talk show. That's very steady work. Like, come on, guys, come on. I like your opinion of like do the work there. Like, make yeah. Her if you're gonna fuck with her, at least or, get a paycheck. Yeah, yeah don't yeah. be. You, yeah. That's cutting off your nose to spite your face. And look, some hero will will swoop in and hire the three of them, hopefully, and they'll still work because they'll be cachet. Like they're the writers that quit Drew, but. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> would not Drew. have been my poor Drew. <laughs> no, like... I would be the one like I if I were the head writer on the Drew Barrymore show, I would go back there and just be the the office 
asshole for the yeah, rest like of the, the time cuntiest cunt that's ever cunted. I oh yeah, I would because I you know I would hold it against her there, but not lose my paycheck. I mean, I would ruin every office birthday party. You know what I mean? Like every every time <laughs> every time we sang happy birthday to someone, as she's blowing out the candles, I'd go, "You look older," and then walk out of the out of the. <laughs> Do kitchen. you remember? You might not remember this, but on like Vine, it was a guy that was like, "I'm like the gay of the of the office," and he would like I walk by and he goes, "Move, I'm gay," and like pushes a woman out of the <laughs> way. Seen him. Oh, correct me. I have seen it. Like that would be you if you were like. <laughs> yes. And he's like, Susan, would... no one wants to come to your birthday party or whatever he says. But he like is mean to all. As the head writers now, as the people who have caused all this trouble, you're returning to the Drew Barrymore show with like the opportunity to get more money and a real job security because you're the people who like can't be fired now. Yes. And instead, you're just like, no, we queen. Okay, girl. Speaking of. What are we speaking about? Talk shows? Speaking of daytime talk shows, uh, Drake, I had no segue there. He also <laughs> has no talk show. Drake is stepping away from music for a little while uh, to address some health issues. Do we know what the health issue is? I believe he said, the quote is something about, actually I'm going to go to today.com and give you the actual quote. Uh, he said, I probably won't make music for a little bit. I'm going to be honest. I got some other things I need to do for some other people that I made promises to, but I probably won't make music for a little bit. That was wordy. Um, huh? and then there's another thing. I, I don't know. It sounds like he, it, it sounds like he owes someone money or I, I, I don't know. It sounds very like, shady. Huh? Anyway. <laughs> The health part is, quote, I'm going to be real with you. I need to focus on my health first and foremost, and I'll talk about that soon enough. Nothing crazy, but just like, you know, I want people to be healthy in life, and I've been having the craziest problems for years with my stomach. So I need to focus on my health, and oh. I need to get it right, and I'm going to do that. Well, that's, I mean, why lie to us first? Just tell us that. Just be like, I have stomach yeah. issues. Not one person's like, what? Like, no one is like <laughs> questioning that at all. No. Good for Drake. I mean, he's been making music like since he started, like he hasn't stopped. So like let right. him, you know, he can take a break. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I also don't, you know, I don't dislike Drake, but I don't, his impact on music has sort of swept by me. I know he's loved by millions. Millions, but yeah. Has millions and is another one who can, you know, stop working and live very comfortably for the rest of his, his life. Yes. Life. So yeah, you know, he sort of feels like that annoying person on Facebook who's like, I'm deleting this temporarily. It's like, well, okay, then just do it. Who cares? Yeah. Like, you don't need to announce that you're leaving the room. Just go through the door. It's not like three months are going to go by and someone's going to go, where's the new Drake's shit? Yeah. Are they? No. Well, there probably are. There probably are children that will do that. <laughs> yeah, Who true. love Drake. Well, before we get to our very explosive new episode. Yeah. I think it's time for... Britney watch oh baby baby Britney is not dancing with knives anymore she's just dancing like normal and when I say normal I mean in like a one piece like bathing suit question mark that has cutouts right. everywhere normal yeah. for her is yeah. is her doing like a one woman one flew over the fucking cuckoo's <laughs> nest moment on Instagram that is no that's normal for this one which I'm happy about. Like this gives me, you know, sure. I'm like very happy about it. And like, I'm, I feel whole. I feel good. I feel like the prayer chain is working. 
And we're on the up and up, like, right? Are we? Sure, yes. Thankfully, I'm, Brittany has returned to just being a danger to herself rather than others. Thank yes, you, God. Correct. And and I'm happy that we're, like, back here because shit's about to go fucking sideways when this book comes out, okay? So what's the date of the book? It's October? I think it's the 26th or 24th of October. And then Barbara's book uh, shortly afterwards, which we'll probably talk more about next week as more stuff leaks because I, I read a great Vanity Fair article where... Barbara let Vanity Fair into their home and she was having the first interview about the book and uh, it was a good article and Barbara is just she's very Barbara that's my yeah, favorite sure. thing about Barbara is that again, she's always Barbara uh, it's again always there's always such drama like she uh, was about God nothing. was like, like I about need, nothing I needed, <laughs> no he invented gay icon when when she was birthed like it was everything about her like my own mother Barbara Streisand could only have a gay son. Like there was no option. My mother similarly is a gay icon. When are your uh, parents coming on the show? Discuss. When are your parents? I don't know. Maybe we'll have show. them come on one of our holiday editions. That yes, would be a nice day. I, I All of, both of our families should come on. Need them on again. If Barbara's not going to talk about the mall in her house, I don't want it. It's got to be in. There. If she writes a thousand pages of a book, and then the mall in her house is not a part of it or, or her cloning her dog nine times. If neither That's of those things there. are discussed, I'm upset. The thing about the dogs is definitely in there. And thank she God. talked about it in the, thank God in the interview as well. Oh, thank God. Okay, good. All right. All right. She said I'm in the good. interview, she's like, you're not getting the same dog. She goes, they have very different personalities, but it's just, it was just sort of done like for emotional reasons, guys. I'm and then one of the dogs, they're very gentle. The original dogs were very gentle. And apparently during the interview, one of the dogs could sense that they were being talked about and killed the reporter from Vanity Fair. <laughs> Shut up. Because <laughs> they get very violent when you clone, clone an animal. So now I guess it's time to get into the fix. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right, we are tackling a Goliath, someone scary, someone that might be a cult leader, question mark. And so I needed to bring in a different kind of guest for this episode. You've heard him on Bitch Sesh. You've heard his podcast called The Deep Dive with Jamie Stein. He is, I don't want to call you a medium because that's not what you are at all. However, have I taken classes with this man and has he opened up my soul and like forever changed me as a human being in the way that I look at myself? Yes. Does he have a power that I wish I had so desperately? Yes. He is Jamie Stein. Welcome to the show. 
<laughs> Thank you. What an introduction. Thank you. For people that don't know you, you have a podcast called The Deep Dive with Jamie Stein. You do something which I feel like you describe as dropping in on people, which is, I'm going to try to explain it and you tell me if I'm right. How about that? Kind of like it. dropping in into like what their emotional inner world is and you can kind of feel what their wants, needs, motivations, fears, et cetera, is, and then package that and explain that in a way that is more palatable than like maybe just emotions. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. You know, I, I explain it as being able to navigate the unconscious landscape. So, you know, I think we all know we have our conscious minds and then we have our unconscious minds, right? Uh, which sounds pretty simple, but I think a lot of times that can get lost in the fray of life. So, you know, we may say we want certain things like, oh, I want romance or I want money or I want the career. But then if we don't have it, you know, I mean, d depending on what you believe, I come from the belief that we tend to create our own realities. We're all powerful creators. We're all powerful manifestors. So if you come from that spiritual standpoint, it's about, well, what is it in me? that's actually blocking, you know, my flow, the things that I want, or what is it in me that's drawing in certain patterns of mm -hmm. relationships or dramas. And so what I can do typically is drop into people and start really naming, uh, okay, this is what I feel is going on with you. This is the place that's saying, no, this is the kind of tone quality or flavor of it. Let's get into it. What's this bringing up in you? And so it's kind of like a fast track into your psyche. And then what I would say is how to work with that. Cause I believe we're here to work with that stuff. That's actually what supports us to step into our soul's journey. Uh, you know, it's like Joseph Campbell, you know, the hero's journey. It's like, we got to reclaim what's buried inside of us and bring it to consciousness in order to find out who we really are and then how we're supposed to be in the world. I'm afraid of that stuff. If I yeah. tried to find out who I really was, I feel like I would just see <laughs> just a pile of trash, which I already knew before I would have taken a session with you. Well, a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people fear that. Like they fear yeah. that. And what I do love about this work, and I think, Chris, you can testify to this, mm -hmm. is you know we hold it gently and lightly. And I think with a sense of fun and magic. So I think a lot of people think, because look, we all are trash actually in the sense of, Slam. We all have our humanity. So we all have, yes, our love and our higher selves, but we're all also human and we have our hatred and our bitterness and our fears and the places where we say no. So actually what I really support people to do is to say, don't be scared of this. Uh, it is fun. It's light. This is our humanity. Let's like not put it on some pedestal where it's like we're the worst people in the world if we have these aspects of ourselves. Because the thing is, there's a wisdom in that, like the place in you that's angry or pissed or bitter. There's sure. a reason why it's coming from somewhere and it's coming from somewhere vulnerable. So I actually love to support people to go towards the trash, to go towards the darkness, because actually it tends to be much more liberating and even, I would say, fun uh, than people might think. It doesn't mean you have to feel feelings, but look, we're human. We're strong. <laughs> God we forbid. Feelings. It doesn't end your life. I'd be and nervous. So at the end of a session with you, do you give a pie chart? And at the end of mine, would you be like, I have news. You are 93% hatred and bitterness. 7% unidentifiable. <laughs> I, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Miss, I, miscellaneous. 7% miscellaneous. Yeah. <laughs> you are 93% hatred and bitterness. 7% woman. That's what, yeah. my, that's what my pie chart would be. I just do a scale of one to 10, one being you're a bad person, 10 being you're a good person. <laughs> and I give you the number. <laughs> well, the thing Yikes! is actually... The thing Whoa. that's funny about about you, Jamie, is that 
you actually like do take negative emotions with no judgment, which is like, I think actually very much going to help us in this case for this episode, <laughs> because like, there's a lot of very negative things that you were like, almost where I'm like, shouldn't you be judging this person where you will like be very non-judgmental in the sense of like, this still is what it is. And we have to just take it for what it is and not jump to conclusions. And I'll also say that, I worked with Jamie a couple years ago and he completely changed the way that I look at myself in work in other ways. And like, there's still things that I think about today and like kind of like metaphors or visions that you've said about me that I still every day think about and like use to motivate myself to be like the better version of myself. So thank you for that. That's all this to say. Well, this leads us to the most important question I think of the episode, which I will pose to the two of you right now. What is your guess for Jared Leto's middle, middle name. name? Well, um, okay. Okay, hold on. Let me think. Not, I have a fact. It's not since the riddle of the Sphinx has a question been posed. With this I question. have a fact-based guess. Okay. Um, because I, I won't name the establishment, but I I have frequented a coffee shop that he would often frequent. So and I what? I said, stop, I'm dying. So I know the, the pseudonym, the, 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 <laughs> no, you know, his, you know, his, like, what is it called? Um, alias. Yeah. Like I know the alias he would use to get his coffee and I'm going to guess that name is his middle name. What is it? And that, that name was Joie. Joie? Joie. That's the name he used. To get his coffee. Now, mind you, he would be in the coffee shop. Right. Clearly recognizable, and this is his like, like his inconspic- quote unquote inconspicuous like pseudonym, right. which you would think would normally be like Frank or Joe. Right. He went with Joie. I hate him. I fucking hate Jared. What a cunt! Oh my I, god. Honestly, I want to stop the podcast because I don't want to fix him. I want him to drown in his own. Jamie, shit. we Joie. We would really? fire him as a client. We would this fire him over. as a client. This Jamie, is it was nice meeting you. Where's Shelly? Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> How dare Jared Leto introduce that bouginess into this podcast? How do we even Schwab. fix him? How we do we can't. fix him? We knowing he's unfixable now. We've done no nothing of real substance minutes. here, and we already are at a loss. <laughs> His <laughs> alias at PS at a coffee shop, which is like notorious for like my name's Chris, and they'd be like Bartholomew. You know what but I mean? Like, seriousness. Like, how are the baristas spelling Joie? I think it was J O I E. Uh, no, no, no. I want to no, jump no, 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 off no. of a bridge. I want to push you. And Jamie, then jump I after. had no idea that when I told you to come here and talk about this, that this is what you were going to say. <laughs> I literally, I'm I forgot. fucking furious right now. <laughs> I forgot about this piece of news until this moment when you brought this, in his middle name. This is the thing is that it's a hundred percent like Ralph or like Andrew. <laughs> Is it Andrew? Mark. Well, why, while neither of you were exactly right, I do think we need to give a half point to Jamie because I believe that Joie does sort of come from Jared Leto's actual middle name. Like, it was definitely born there, and his middle name is Joseph. Jake. I was just about to allocate Joseph, okay. So probably Joie, which is not, I mean, you know, Joie is not the French for uh, 
Joseph. It's just it's just something an actor says when he's not getting enough attention at a coffee shop, which I'm, I can't imagine how Jared I'm, Leto has like a cap on attention at a coffee shop just by walking in it. But Jared Joseph Leto, I guess we're all lucky we could just be chatting about an actor named J.J. Leto, in which case I doubt we'd even be talking about him because what's the that 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 couldn't be less exotic. J.J. Leto. Academy I have steam. I have steam coming out of my ears. That's how mad I am that he, like, I'm serious. I don't know if I need to talk about anything else. Like, the fact that he says his name is Joie at the coffee shop is a crime against humanity. It has really brought us to a standstill here. I mean, I think you would, like, call, because you could, like, you know, you could put your order in early through an app. So I think like that was his name through the app or something like that. I, I think did that. he ever need to say we're launching a full investigation right now, listeners? <laughs> did did Jared Leto actually say his name out loud, or did you know that Joie was that was that first uttered by the barista? I my understanding, my record. This is a while ago now, but no, I I never heard Jared actually say the name Joie. It was the baristas who called out okay. the order for Joie. There is that just I'm just playing devil's advocate because this is a very important issue that I don't want to screw up for our listeners because Correct. this is probably the episode we're submitting for the Poscars. Yeah. This is my question. Is it possible that he did just say Joe on the internet <laughs> order and that the barista was uh illiterate? <laughs> no, it was very it was very clear. This was this was a Did you say illiterate? I did say that. I hate you so much. But Jamie, you are saying that that, that they were actually able to read, that they were reading Joie correctly, the baristas. Yeah, no, it was clear that Joie was the intended pronunciation. This this is this was this was the name. This wasn't I mean, like Dominic, don't be surprised. Like, of course he said his name is Joie. I'm not surprised. I just want to make sure we're being very thorough here. And I also want to promise everyone listening to this that we are not done with this issue. It will come up again in the coming weeks, months, possibly years. We'll get to the bottom of what the fuck Jared I will never get over this. (laughs) Like, I'm serious. Well, it feels very kind of energetically connected just to the rest of his hundred you know, way that he operates, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, very kind of attention grabbing, theatrical, provocative. Like, yeah, that's kind him. of going out of his way to create a spectacle where none needs to exist. It's, it seems on brand. Slam. That's. Slam. I mean, slam. Also, that's also mine and Chris's entire lives. Like, yeah. we, <laughs> we we live to cause spect- overblown it's our, spectacle. It's our yeah. personalities. It's our jobs. That's, that's why we're here. I love. That that this this particular individual Jared Joie Joseph Leto is <laughs> surrounded by controversy there are I, I like that we are getting very upset about the name he uses <laughs> at coffee shops when he's like been accused of inappropriately touching people but this is where we are drawing the this is the how dare you moment how yes dare you. also without question the next time I go to a coffee shop I'm, I'm <laughs> using the name Joie. there's no fucking way i'm not you're co-opting joie i mean yeah i mean i i typically will rail on people for their behavior and then just adopt it as part of my lexicon no oh so. i'm gonna be sending dominic a coffee mug that says joie on it it's just for absolutely no reason at all 
Jamie, you've been here for 10 minutes and you have already enriched our lives beyond so measure much. with that fucking story. Thank you so much. That, that's the shit that we live for. Yeah. Yes. More than what we're about to do, which is like go through all of the people that like have claimed that he's attacked them, like right. all the movies that have failed because he was the star, like et cetera. There are two things that Jared Leto needs to do in my estimation. The first thing is to show me his penis. His. That's the first one because- <laughs> It has been described by the late Alexis Arquette, who claimed to have had sex with uh, Jared Leto, said that it's not only massive, it's like a Praetorian guard's helmet. Like a a gladiator. (laughs) I first heard that when she was being interviewed by drag legend Jackie Beat many years ago. She'd said that in an interview with Jackie almost 10 years ago, and I'd never forgotten the comparison to a gladiator's helmet, which I thought was important. The other thing is that Jared Leto and I are the same age and he looks at least 15 years younger than me. (laughs) So I just want him to spit in my mouth so I can catch whatever that is, that fountain of youth. So I can also look 35. He is going to be 52 years old in December and he looks like he's in his 30s. I mean, that is absolutely crazy, actually. Can you imagine? He's 50. He's going to be 52 years old in December. Is he a ghost? Like, is this thing? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like that? There's no way. I I mean, he also looks absolutely out of his mind. So that also. True. True. Like, would you rather look like that? Like, not really. But I don't know. If, 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 if he's insane, then insanity does in fact pickle people because he is truly like, looks so young. I first came to know who Jared Leto was when I was in my mid twenties, when he was on my so-called life, which came out in 94. So I was already just sort of freshly out of college and he instantly became a heartthrob to a lot of people in high school and college. I sort of missed the boat on that show in general. I, I will admit I have a Claire Danes problem. Uh, which we'll save for another podcast. But when did the two of you first become known of the the talent that is Jared Joseph Leto? Oh, I no, yeah, I'll date myself. Yeah, I was like the target audience. I was in high school when my mm. so-called life came out. So I, uh, Jordan Catalano, why are you like this? Like what? Like how you are? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't like a huge fan of the show, but my I had friends who were, so I definitely knew who he was and thought of him as like, yeah, just kind of like another teen heartthrob. I certainly did not expect him to have the career longevity that he's currently had. Because that is not for me. Is that almost 30 years ago? Holy shit. And not for like good reason either. Like that's the other thing is like, there's so many art. When I was like looking up articles to read, to like brush up on Jared Leto's career, like there were so many articles that were like, why is Jared Leto an actor? Like, like people have slammed (laughs) his acting ability, like all over the internet. I am a little bit younger. So like my so-called life, I was a little too young to be watching. And Mm -hmm. I, when 30 seconds to Mars really started to like become a thing, that was, I was like the target audience for that. Like that was when all the like good Charlotte, simple plan, newfound glory, all those like 30 seconds of Marcus is a little bit more rock and like real than all those punk bands. But like when that genre of music was like getting popular, 
right in my world like right. that with 30 seconds to mars was like amongst all of those it was a okay. little more like adult than the like angsty punk bands but it was that's how i like first kind of like came to him well let me pose this question i mean if you have a problem with him being an actor what are your thoughts on him as a musician do you think that he is talented in that arena when i was talking to hassan before the episode i was like what are 30 seconds to mars's songs though like i don't even remember and there was only there was only one that i actually knew the words to and i was like oh i remember this song but that was it so like i really don't even know like he seems to be someone who's like extremely famous however i never know like why does that make Mm. sense Mm. yeah well that's that's what i was gonna say i mean it's so interesting because so i do love film and I tend to watch a lot of movies and so like even the movies where he's been critically acclaimed I mean he won an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club and I remember seeing that and I it's not that I thought he was bad I just didn't think he was great and so when I read about you know the length or the yeah the the racing movie he did was that called Prefontaine? Prefontaine that was his first like big lead film role and he got a lot of critical attention for that right and i remember them talking about like the lengths that he went to like that's sort of where the conversation Mm -hmm. around method acting really started and Mm -hmm. i remember kind of seeing that and being like i like okay great you did all this work again i it wasn't that i thought he was bad but i just didn't think he was great and i've never really seen him do anything i mean this is totally subjective right sure i've never seen him do anything where i'm like wow that was just like a powerhouse performance. So it is interesting to me that he has such a reputation for being a method actor. He's won an Academy Award. He's had career longevity. But to me, I've never really seen him do anything that truly wowed me from a mm. place of like, I'm watching a character on the screen and their heart and soul is alive on the screen. And right. Jared fucking nailed that. I'll give you one film, which may not change your mind, but he was in uh, Requiem for a Dream, which is going back a little bit. It's more than 20 years old, this movie. I mean, there's not a bum performance in that film, and he plays a drug addict in that movie. And I think that were he nominated for that instead of Dallas Buyers Club, I think it would have that would have made more sense. I mean, we were still... Dallas Buyers Club is not that long ago. It would be 2013, I think. So maybe 10 years ago, which was still an era where where people were just being rewarded for being something that like Felicity Huffman being nominated for Transamerica and Jared Leto being nominated for Dallas Buyers Club. This was just like, ooh, it's such a stretch for them because it, it, even though it was only 10 years ago, we still weren't regularly hiring trans people to play trans roles. So Jared Leto just sort of fell and they're like, well, he's not gay. He's not even trans. Give him an Academy Award. And he got swept up in that moment, which is why Mm -hmm. I believe he won the Oscar. Because I agree with you, Jamie, the performance was good, but I wasn't like blown away by it at all. Requiem for a Dream, I think was, I think everyone in that movie blew me away. Uh, That would be the only thing. Well, and and like he's one of these actors that like they just ride on the press so hard about how they're so method and how what they did on the set. And like like there's so most of the coverage of when he's in a movie is like he like when he was. um, Is this going to be about Suicide Squad? Yeah, when he was. (laughs) Yeah, when he was the Joker in Suicide Squad, which P.S. was like the biggest flop ever. They all they did was talk about how he was like mailing dead pigs to the cast members and rats and, and, shit, rats yeah. and all kinds of weird shit and like that, that he uses all of that weirdness to like 
fool you into believing that he's a really good actor because like what actor would do that that wasn't like so method and so this like there's all these even in the the movie like morbius or whatever it was that was supposed to be a i think a marvel movie question mark yeah or dc know. one of them something, something like yeah. all they did was talk about how like the character was it had chronic pain and was like in a wheelchair he would like limp to the bathroom when he needed to go to the bathroom so it would right. take him like 45 minutes to go pee so eventually they started just like wheeling him to the bathroom like in a wheelchair to like expedite the process because he would he, like he would use be... the handicap spot at walgreens yes yeah, all yeah, of this yeah. nonsense yeah. absolute nonsense yes. that is not method that's just rude and again that it's Joie. it's also just like it's like okay and like in this movie sucked so like what what of it like you wasted everyone's time for no reason. Well, it's interesting because I remember like when I did see Prefontaine, like even back then I had this like his performance felt kind of mannered to me, and so my sense of him is that yeah it is much more about the like yeah just almost like in a weird way the artifice of the method acting it, it it's it's more like a vehicle for all the again the spectacle around yes. what he's doing as opposed to actually being in service to a character where yes. this like life force comes through right it's watching him be this character in this movie not like seeing an actor disappear into a role you're exactly. watching him method act in a movie and like say Jared Leto's doing amazing in this movie, not at least in my opinion, Kate Blanchett disappearing into becoming Lydia Tarr for three hours where you right. just watch her just like look at a screen for three hours and you're like mesmerized by how like not herself she is. Yeah. It feels like it's more about like, yeah, the trappings of the method actor rather than the method acting being in service to creating a character. Correct. Correct. Right. Here is who Jared Leto beat at the 2014 Oscars to win best performance by an actor in a supporting role. Bradley Cooper in American Hustle. I'm okay with that. Forgettable. Yeah. Fine with that. Michael Fassbender in 12 years a slave. I mean, brutal. Like Obviously an Oscar-worthy performance, and he is uh, gorgeous, and I think anyone gorgeous should be given an Academy Award. And he's a great actor. He is a great actor. Shame. That was also, Lupita Nyong'o then became an internet, like an A-list celebrity forever after that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Barkad Abdi for Captain Phillips. He of the line, I'm the captain now. Oh, yeah, that, hmm. I, I would have been happy with him getting that. That he was good. I would yeah. have as well. Thought he was great. And finally, Jonah Hill in The Wolf of Wall Street. Jesus yeah. Christ on a cross. He didn't, yes. he didn't belong there. That year. Much more. I, I, think Jonah, I think Jonah Hill's talented, but not. I didn't think that he belonged nominated for an Oscar. So I don't know if I'm Michael Fassbender. I am ten years later saying uh, I demand a revote. Basically, well, how dare you? Only trans actors should play trans people. Get rid of Jared Leto and give me that goddamn award. I wonder how that would go over. And to close out the film performances of Jared Leto, we (laughs) have to talk about the craziest thing I have ever watched on screen, which was House of Gucci. (sighs) That movie was an absolute train wreck from the very beginning to the very end i i dominic's going to disagree with me but it was one of the most shocking things i have ever watched i actually agree with you if by train wreck you mean masterpiece 
Then I will, then <laughs> no, I you don't. You. you do not think that House of Gucci was a masterpiece. Don't I don't think it was a masterpiece. I have seen it more than once, though, because I, you know, I love a what's the word I can use? You love the it. Film, yeah. It was sprawling. It was campy and sprawling. <laughs> and I just I love like a multi era. It was it was it was I hard. Very disagree. watchable. I, I, I liked hard. it a lot. Oh, I disagree completely. I hard disagree. It wanted so badly to be campy that it wasn't campy. Oh, I'd see. That's where I disagree. I will say though, Jared Leto and Al Pacino were acting in a different film than everyone else. <laughs> yes, which they is what were. I thought. They it was like they took footage. Yes. It, it was it was like their B stories. They just sort of threw yes. them into another film starring Lady Gaga and inexplicably. Jeremy Irons, who is the least Italian person I, I've ever seen On, in my in entire the world. life. In the world, yeah. That's what made this a masterpiece. I mean, it was as though Ridley Scott was like, what's the most fucked up thing I can do with this story? And then just did it. Jared Leto was... I don't if if I am the real person or the descendants of the person that Jared Leto is playing, I am suing for defamation, manslaughter, um, just any other crimes I could I could Same. put in there. It was the most ridiculously cartoonish performance that I was of a, the year. It was like borderline offensive, like honestly, <laughs> like it was like I was watching it and I was like. I cannot believe that this is what I'm watching right now. It's it crazy, was isn't it? Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It was so wild. Anyway, uh, I mean, I just needed that to exist before we moved on. But I make me want to see it now. <laughs> no, Jamie, you, Jamie, you will call me screaming if if you will be like, "Why did you make me watch this?" It oh, is- I love a good bad movie. I, and also, I didn't know Ridley Scott directed it, so that right there, I kind of want to check it out. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, it Jamie, was... it's baffling. You will. I mean, if you want to watch a bad movie, you will. It's good. It's uh, perfect. I love it. No, no, I, I love a good bad movie. I'm, we like we my... sat there in the theater with our mouths hanging open the entire <laughs> movie, basically being like, "What on earth is this?" It's uh, it, and it's then know that. By the way, no. Go well, House of Gucci is from Universal Pictures, which we should mention is a sponsor of this week's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so he has a band like. We've we've discussed his like filmography. He has a band that with varying degrees of success. Over the years, there have been many, 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 many people come forward saying, I was like 16 years old and he was like texting me a lot. Or like I was he was like pursuing me and I was barely legal. Or I was, you know, there's been comments on film sets being like, oh, Jared Leto's like something I read was like Jared Leto's like, oh, the 18 to 25 year olds, like Jared Leto loves them. Not unlike any other male celebrity that's 50 years old, by right. the way, may I just say, like, not that it's like uncommon in Hollywood, which is the bigger problem, but there's a humongous amount of testimonial that he is like a creep, a yeah. creep. Yeah. I don't want to say anything worse than that. Cause I don't feel that there's that many, like, I haven't seen any allegations that are like, he's a rapist, but it's... yeah, there's no, there's no Danny Masterson angle here at this point. It's just sort of like what people say about. You know, like what Natalie Portman said about Moby, you know, where it's just like, I was young, you're disgusting. Now, obviously, that's always that I shouldn't say always, but that could be a bellwether for much worse behavior. But as we've been doing this podcast over the past year, it's so funny because we try to draw a line about if there are physical allegations against someone, we don't want to fix them because it's just they don't deserve it. But when someone's in trouble, 
most of these, like when their image is in trouble, they almost all have some sort of allegation um, in their history. I mean, I don't want to like, I, I will say in my research, I did see mention of certain women saying like there was coercion. Uh, so I just, I mean, I feels important just to bring that in. God. So it's not like. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, let's be clear also. I'm glad that Jamie did some research because it's important for the listeners to know that when Chris and do, I are fixing someone, we're, we're doing, we're literally basing it on just headlines from people.com and stuff that my aunt said at Thanksgiving. Like that, that's, those are our actual sources. Sources. Here. Right. Our legal team is, uh, I mean, it's Chris, basically, and Siri. That's it. Siri is our attorney. Well, I'm glad that you said that, Jamie, because that's the thing is that speaking of coercion, another huge thing that we must discuss mm, before we fix it is that I think it was, what, last year, two years ago? 2019. He basically, like, started a cult, question mark, and brought everyone to Croatia to go to Mars Island where he wore a long white flowing Jesus robe and like had his long hair out. And they all like apparently stood in a circle and all touched him at the same time while he like sang, question mark. And everyone on the internet was like, why is he starting a cult? Like, this is so obviously Jared Leto starting a cult. Like, please stop. Like, what are we doing? Et cetera, et cetera. And all of the people there like vehemently defended him and were like, there was no like religion. There was no like, like it wasn't a cult. Like, haha, it looked like that because that was the whole point of it. But like, we're not in a cult. Don't worry. And I'm worried. Well, this... um. I'm I'm getting my information from themarysue.com, which explains this controversy. Fans paid at least $995. Let's round that up to a thousand, shall we? Yeah. They paid also, at sweet, least one K to fly to Croatia, pitch a tent, don their white linen and sandals, and spend a few days following Jared Leto around a remote island. That's a cult. That is a, by definition, isn't that a cult? <laughs> it kind of is. Not really, but like, it kind of is. Well, I think, I, like, well, I mean, I know you're being, uh, yeah, like, yeah. facetious, but no, I think, I mean, I think, like, uh, like, temples of a cult are, it's, like, really difficult to leave. Uh, you know, you're pressured to stay. You get cut off from your family. I mean, I think these are the yeah. things that actually define. Well, it's, it's like cult, it's like cult cosplay. Like, he's not really, like... Right. Like, that's, no, it's that not really a cult. Say, sure. Like, of yeah. course, it's not really a cult, but it's like, could this veer in two seconds into a cult? Yes. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, could, well, is he just like putting a, a toe in the water to see what's like, what's what? Like, yes. Yeah. He's like that obnoxious guy who likes to do shit to ruffle people's feathers and it, like, he gets off on it. Yeah. So, which it is, is exactly what it did, which is exactly yeah. the point. Like that's exactly that's what, happened. what he does. That's why we yeah. still know who he is because his lexicon does not include like, this is not De Niro or Meryl Streep. We're talking about where it's just like a series <laughs> of Oscar nominations and landmark performances. It's like a couple of highly regarded performances and billions of stunts as in the Carl Lagerfeld cat yeah, the situation cat. <laughs> at the, uh, at the Met Gala. That's like a vintage, it's a vintage Jared Joileto move, and he may have. I I feel like he may have actually peaked by appearing as Karl Lagerfeld's cat on the Met Gala red carpet. I I don't know that he'll get more 
certainly not more positive attention than he did this past May with that stunt. I won't lie. He's one of the men at the Met Gala that I'm always interested to see what he wears because it's always over the top. Like, remember the one year he was like holding his own head? Yes. Yes. And like that he's a stunt queen. Yeah, he's a stunt queen. Jared Leto and, is a and the cult thing is him doing like performance art, right? Like him being a cult leader, he's like doing performance art. Like to 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 go back to what you're saying, Jamie, the cult leader is performance art, right? And then everyone's posting it, and that's the other part of it is it's like if he was really doing like a med like a meditative retreat, he'd be like, don't have your phone. Instead, he's like post pictures of me looking like a cult leader to be funny. Like, cause I want everyone to be freaking out about this. Yeah. It's like, and I think that's the thing. It's like, for me, it's sort of coming back to the acting and like this possibility of maybe he is meant to be this brilliant performance artist. It's like, he's, he's doing provocative fuck you performance art, but not, it feels like with an intention to actually provoke people in a higher self way where they're like looking at themselves and looking at the world and maybe, you know, questioning things. It feels like he's doing it just in service to his own desire to fuck with people and to feel an inflated sense of power and control. Okay. So you have dropped it. So I, we call dropping in for everyone that hasn't listened to Jamie's podcast. Basically Jamie will drop in on someone and kind of like fish around in like the emotional world and kind of like use a question or use kind of like, a theme to kind of gauge what this person might be feeling or kind of might be able to gain more knowledge about why something happens because of it or how their inner, what their inner motivation might be. So, you know, I mean, again, to me, I just keep hearing the words like power and control. Let me, um, power and control. Yeah. I mean, obviously this is not like a fun thing to drop into, but let me just, let me just kind of see if I yeah, I, again, it just it feels like such a bid for power and control for me. And it feels like this is the thing that was really jumped out to me when I was researching. People would say, I don't know if they use the word obsessively, but like he would obsessively text. Like he would like, you know, text and text and message and message. And so to me, again, especially knowing that this is a guy who's had a relationship to like substance abuse addiction, like he's got that addict brain. And so the way that I kind of experience this is, yeah, he's like, there's a fantasy that he's chasing, kind of like a high that does make him feel very powerful, you know, lets him feel in control. Obviously, he's sort of like the big bad man with like, you know, the Mm -hmm. powerless younger woman that he's sort of taking something from. And I just think that it's a high that he's repeatedly chasing. And I think, unfortunately, this is one of those situations where because he's got the celebrity right? Where he can get away with everything because he has so much influence. And also because not just, he's not only just a celebrity, he's a gorgeous celebrity. You know, he's like a heartthrob. So he historically can get away with this. And so it's sort of like, if he's got the means, he's got the opportunity, he's got the cover. It just, to me, it feels like this compulsive chase for a high of power and control. And pro- I mean, again, look, I'm not here to diagnose anyone, but you know, I would have to imagine he might be well served by looking into like love and sex addiction. Like it just feels like it just has that quality what, of like, what's like the, the addiction is now control. It's not a drug anymore. Sure. It's now like sure. I, my addiction is now like, I want to make this person submit to me. Yeah, it feels like, yeah, it definitely feels like he's chasing something for sure. And then, you know, once he gets it, it's like on to the next one, like right. on to the next one. It's like the high that he'll never fully be able to, but, you know, the destination that never arrives. It's like, it's, it's this, yeah, it's this 
underlying need for power and control that sort of finds life through this sort of sick sexual fantasy. And obviously the only way that he's ever going to kind of come to terms with this is he has to deal with whatever it is in him that feels so powerless uh, that he's protecting against. And in my research, I did read him talking some about like growing up. It sounded like he grew up in a very sort of like boundaryless, very permissive environment where there was at least a lot of drugs around. So I don't know, you know, I don't know if there were things he went through. Yeah. Where he was the one who was powerless and now he's, you know, chasing a false sense of power and control. We don't know. And by the way, just to be clear, uh, it does not excuse him. You know, it does not excuse his actions. And like I said at the beginning, he has to be held responsible for what he's done. This is just trying to understand what might be going on underneath all of this. And, you know, again, if let's say there was some history with like a deep sense of powerlessness, it would make sense of that voice that I heard that says, I'll show you what I can do. It's just like, kind of like, fuck you. It's like, look how powerful I actually am. You know, can you drop in for like two minutes about the cult situation? Like, is that, I mean, I just like, why do, I mean, is it just like, I'm the magician again being like, I want to do this thing and have everyone like do what I say. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, there is kind of like, I'll show you what I can do, but it feels like, it feels like there's layers to it. It feels like he's, that's the thing that's, I mean, he's actually, as I take this in, he is quite clever and mischievous because he does sort of hide in open secrets, right? It's like, I'm going to make, create this faux cult, right? And then I'm going to name it as a cult. And so there's the one layer of I'll show you what I can do. I'm going to fuck with you by like ruffling people's feathers. But what's Uh so interesting about it is like, then that also becomes kind of an alibi for the fact that That I do feel like, yeah, like not that like, do I really think Jared Leto is going to create a cult? Not necessarily, but I do think there is a sense of power control of I can right. summon these people right. here. They are all here for me. Again, look what I can do. It reminds yeah. me of Basic Instinct, how like Catherine Trammell writes the book as her own alibi, and that's the thing oh, that saves her. It's like what he's, a great reference. You know, speaking Dominic's oh. language. <laughs> well, I love Paul Verhoeven, but he creates his own alibi by like having it be this self-conscious, self-referential joke, but there's layers to it. And so I think, I think there's truth to it in all layers. And again, that's why I'm saying it's like the evolved, maybe higher self version of Jared Leto. I'm like, actually, this guy feels really smart and clever. Like, I bet he could like, you know, I think he could do some really interesting creative things if he weren't so consumed by his own ego and quest for power control. All right, well... Yeah, we, we really should. We get must to the pitch. We must okay. pitch to fix this famous person. All right, Jamie, this is now the part of the podcast where Dominic and I will both pitch ideas for Jared Leto to rehab his image and, you know, not have people think that he's a call leader. And you will decide which of these you think is the best, and we will send the winning pitch to Jared Leto himself. Oh, I'm the judge. You're the judge. Yes. Oh, yes. oh, I love that. Okay, great. Um, Jared Leto. Joie, I'm done with you hiding in plain sight. And you know what's the best thing to do with someone who's hiding in plain sight? Give them a Netflix docu-series about mm. There's like been Tony Robbins. There's been all kinds of these docu-series about like cult leaders, people that do like, you know, whatever the fuck else. 
all kinds of them. The Teal Swan one, all kinds of exposés on artists, Five Foot Two Lady Gaga, the halftime one with, with J-Lo, et cetera. This is the problem with him. Everything is like, is this what it is? Like, uh, we don't know. Like, again, even similar to these allegations about him being an abuser, like, is he like, did this really happen? Or was this just a random person on Twitter that said this? Like, who are the victims? We don't know. We're done with the maybe this, maybe that. We're going to see him go back to do his second round of whatever the fuck it's called. Mars in Croatia. Mars land. Mars Island. Thank you so much. Mars Island in Croatia with he, where he looks like Jesus. We're going to watch him go to the Met Gala in this docuseries as a weird whatever the fuck the theme is that year. We are going to be on his ass 24-7 with cameras. So when he's texting girls that aren't of age, when he's doing this and that, and as much as like I'm fixing, I'm supposed to be fixing him, if he is a horrible abuser, he will be exposed through this. And as much as we want, we're supposed to be fixing these people, if he is doing this horrible thing, he deserves to be held accountable for it. And this will either exonerate him for showing that he isn't an abuser or it will absolutely put him away for the rest of his life. Mm. He is going to go to Mars Island. He is going to go to the Met Gala. He's going to do a 30 Seconds to Mars concert. He's going to interact with fans. He's going to go on a date. We are going to follow him around for eight episodes. And in that, we will find out who Jared Leto really is oh my god you that want him to like in, you want him to incriminate himself a lot, i like kind of do curse no, from I'm the jinx ma- no and like again I'm, i feel nervous that like we're letting him off the hook for like he could be like a rapist and we just don't know like you know what i'm saying like this needs to be addressed and so what better way to find out what this person is like behind closed doors who is an a-list celebrity that we've never seen behind closed doors other than to film them behind closed doors right all right. Jared Joseph Joie Leto. <laughs> I've had a pitch in mind all day for you that I almost changed when Jamie Stein told us about your nom de plume at coffee shops, where I, for a brief moment, was going to have you open up a bunch of pop-up coffee shops in <laughs> the Los Joie. Angeles area, where everyone is instructed to use a name that is not theirs like on purpose and make that a performance art piece. Jesus but you know Christ. what? I don't, that's, it's, that's too fun. And it doesn't really, you know, it's just you being weird and we've already seen that before. So I hate to be so basic about this, but the whole day as I've been thinking about it, what, what do I want from Jared Leto? <laughs> I, I, I want his fucking skincare routine. So for that, the ah. pitch is, Jared Leto enters the world of cosmetology to put a cherry on this Sunday where he becomes a skincare maven. The name of the line is Joie. (laughs) And that is my pitch for this week. Jamie, the balls are in your court. You may pick one. All right. All right. I'm really taking this in. Um, okay, I'm gonna reveal my verdict, but then I'm also gonna like with a twist. Give your own suggestion. Sure. Well, I could give my own suggestion, but no, I, I actually I see a way these two can come together. But I'm gonna give you an actual verdict because I don't wanna I don't wanna cop out. Okay. Um so yeah, no, I I I I'm picking up both of what you're saying. I think because 
of the serious potential seriousness of what you know we're dealing with i think i gotta go with chris just because yeah we we gotta expose him right if there's if there's really deep dark stuff going on and i like i liked your comparison to teal swan in the deep end it was like she signed up for this document series thinking it was gonna like put her in a certain light and she her unconscious just totally set her up and exposed so much of what she was doing. So this and idea of like feeding into Jared's ego, putting him out there for everyone to see with the idea that this could actually lead to his undoing. I think that that's a really great thing. Um, yeah. Were you going to say and that? No. And like, do no two people know better that when people think that they're going to go on television and like completely fool everyone is me and Dominic. How many times <laughs> have you dealt with Dominic people being like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm like, okay, bitch, we, you think this is what you're going to do and that I'm an idiot and you're going to fool me and try to I tell know. me who you are. Gotcha. I think it would take a minute. I think that he is so yeah, he's smart. wrapped He'd be into his, his, the art of being Jared Leto that I think it would take quite a while before you saw him crack. So you would see well, it. Yeah. Well, maybe, but maybe, you know, the camera does not lie and yeah, maybe that's, it's like the vanity is the way in. Right. Yeah. Um, the twist I'll bring to it is, you know, if he uh, gets held accountable for crimes and gets sent to prison, maybe there he could, um, you know, start his skincare from prison. From prison. <laughs> that would be that's the compromise that he could start it from prison. <laughs> that was the compromise. I'm gonna wow. mix my moisturizer in my the toilet the, bowl, the which toilet, is also yeah. where I make my prison hooch. Um I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should not be making jokes about him in prison. No, I don't that's know. funny. No, that's funny. I'm fine with a drinkable skincare line that's made in a prison <laughs> toilet. I think that that's the winning pitch, right? There. I mean that's brand that's a brand. Like that's <laughs> Oh my God. All right. Well, I needed a win. So thank Christopher, you. Christopher, congratulations. Thank you. Dominic's been mopping the floor with me. So I'm glad I'm, I'm, uh, I'm slowly okay. closing the gap. So we're, okay, yeah. thank, thank you very much for the I, win. I only do what we call circus pitches, Jamie. And so sometimes they, they do win out over Chris's more cerebral, well thought out intelligent shall we say yours was pitches. yours is good i don't know why he's not doing a skincare line already like i don't know what the hell i mean I or wear... a makeup line for that matter he's wearing he wears more fucking makeup than a drag queen on a sunday like he or, or post a note on your instagram account about what you're doing for your skin i mean yeah. the, i i joined the cult if my skin looked like his i will say that well i think he's really big into kundalini yoga and Kundalini Yoga is all about awakening the life force. So maybe mm, his oh life Lord. force is just really circulating through his veins. And that gladiator. Let's not forget about that gladiator in his pants. Yeah. Well, what? Dear God. <laughs> um, Jamie, where can people find you? Please tell us about your podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely check out my podcast, Deep Dive with Jamie Stein. I do kind of deep intuitive takes on a, a lot of reality TV, pop culture, mostly Housewives, Bravo stuff. But I do go into other areas as well. Uh, definitely follow me on Instagram, Jamie Stein, J-A-M-I-E-S-T-E-I-N. I have content there that's specific to that. And if you're curious about my work, just head over to my website, hollywoodreadings.com, and send me an email. Thank you Beautiful. so much for being here. This has been great. Thank I, you so I, much. I, we needed to bring out the big guns for this one, and we did. Dominic, where can people find you? 
Uh, you can find me at my website, which is dominterry.com. Links all to my socials at Dominic Pupa. Wait, 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 wait. This, this, I, I cannot even believe that I have forgotten this. That I just literally left you hanging there in a moment of silence rather than being a journalist and asking the one question that everyone wants to know, which is, Chris, where can people find you? <laughs> you can find me at the Chris DeRosa. You can find the show at Fixing Famous People. Write a review and let us know who you want us to fix next. I wish you both well. And as always, where's Shelly? Goodbye. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend the Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>